0: You're listening to the Dark Depth Podcast. My name is Billy Mitchell, and I, along with my co-host, Michael Mapson, appreciate you taking the time to listen to the show every week. It takes a lot of work to make a podcast, but we are proud to present our show to you each and every week. We would love if you could take a minute out of your day to follow the Dark Depth Podcast on Twitter, subscribe to our YouTube channel, or give us a five-star rating wherever you listen to our show. If you feel up to it, you can also give us a donation on PayPal or support us on Patreon. Don't feel like you have to, though. Our show is always going to be free. That's all the announcements. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the Dark Depths podcast, your go to place in the modern and legacy formats. I'm one of your hosts, Billy Mitchell, and I am here with the voice of Nightmares himself, Michael Matson. How are you? I am less than great. (laughs) How are you? (laughs) I'm I'm doing okay. Is it because of the voice of nightmares comment or just a rough week?
1: I don't know. I just had like a pretty crappy day and uh, breaking the fourth wall a little bit. We're having some technical difficulties and like we're just trying to keep things kind of brief tonight. And then that took like an hour. So
0: yeah, yeah. We were and once again, I think behind the scenes stuff. I mean, to me, to me and you, I think it's frustrating or funny depending on what the situation is. Um, but we, yeah, we are having some issues, which I guess we don't need to get into, but we're here now, which is the important thing. We get to talk about magic for a little bit, and I I think you can kind of agree it's kind of a slow week this week, right? Yep. Uh, before we, hold on, before we get into things, Mm -hmm. I just want to
1: criticize you on air. (laughs) So that that everyone can hear. Okay. Sunday, we were supposed (laughs) to go to a magic tournament together. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm in my car mm-hmm. I get a text from one Billy Mitchell mm-hmm. saying that he can't go and granted he has a legitimate reason you sent it after I was leaving
0: yeah well okay so I was going to be leaving the house in like 30 minutes I know we have like similar drive no we don't do you mean how how long did it take you to get to the that event uh an hour 20 okay so we you you beat me by like 10 minutes or something like that. Our, uh, our the 15 minutes, actually, yeah. So, okay. That's fair. So, yeah. I, I, I tried. I mean, I at least gave you a heads up before you were like, out I mean, that's there. like barely a heads up. Yeah. Well, okay. So, just for clarification for people at home, uh, we were going to be going up to Al Central, which actually we talked about on the show last week. They had a really good modern event and legacy event over the past couple months. We both top eight, uh, top eight at their legacy event two weeks ago i guess at this point um and we were going back up for the pioneer event which you know, we don't need to break down you know pioneer decks or anything like that i guess on our show but um, play phoenix the end yeah that that is basically the 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 sum of that so we were both going to go um and then you were going because i was going right you weren't going to go if i if you didn't know anybody else going up there i think
1: correct i was going to stay home hanging out with my wife my dogs
0: maybe play a Legacy Challenge, you know,
1: just have a nice relaxing day.
0: Yeah. Uh, I ended up, my daughter has the sniffles, which if you have small children is basically a death sentence to children. I mean, not not literally, obviously, but it is a, it's been like a week, almost, of the sniffles, and, you know, the amount of snot has gone up and down, and the sleep has been good some nights and terrible some other nights, so... That has just been a whole ordeal, uh, but I have somehow managed to not get sick uh, from it, but the last, I'll say probably like four days have been me getting like stuffy noses and like sinus pressure and whatnot, so um, I, I have fallen vic- victim to the sniffles, and especially on, I didn't really have it on Saturday night, but when I woke up on Sunday, I ended up not feeling great but like at least noticeably worse than I did the night before and I was like ah, I probably shouldn't go and like obviously, uh, I think in this day and age of you know COVID right I, I'd rather I don't want to be the thick person at the event like I, I don't want to be that that guy so uh, I made the option not to go
1: yeah which makes sense but anyways you're a monster I went <laughs> you're very lucky that I had friends yeah Joe went right? I mean great. Yeah, I, I knew like half the event oh um. okay.
0: Yeah, I thought I saw uh, Joe. I saw um what was it? My parents is Pat Casey.
1: Yep. Um,
0: so yeah, there there are definitely some people up there who who were friendly. Yeah. I um
1: also for anyone who does not know, neither Billy nor I actually really plays Pioneer. Not at all. Um I <laughs> I tweeted about this, had uh, no clue what I was doing. I did basically zero prep work. Um I was planning to do zero, but I woke up pretty early that day, so I started a league, I got two matches in, and that was the entirety of my prep. At the player meeting, people were like, well, not player meeting, sorry, before the event started, people were like discussing like last minute tweaks, and they're like, oh, in case like this card happens, or like so-and-so is on this deck, so they have this card, so I'm debating between X or Y. It was just like, I knew what none of these cards were. Mm-mm. Like People just kept saying things, it was like, that's a card in this format? Like... I. I had no clue what anyone was talking about. So, I don't know. Just played the birds. I know how to sequence cantrips, so it worked out fine. And you'll you'll love to hear this. I spent my winnings on EDH cards. Ooh. I haven't had an EDH deck in, like, probably, like, five years.
0: <laughs> probably close to that, yeah. I mean, you had that, like, 1v1 um, Azusa deck. Yeah, so I, uh, I'm rebuilding Jaya
1: Ballard. Oh, nice. Okay. I have a functional 100. It's not very good, I don't think. But, it, you know, I have a deck that I can play games with yet again.
0: Yeah. You got that uh, Queen of Bob in there? I don't know what that is. What? Oh, Squee. Yeah. I thought you said Queen.
1: No. No, I, d- I didn't have a Squee. I need no. to get my hands on one.
0: Okay. If, if I can find my... I don't think I have an extra Squee around here somewhere. If I can find that, I'll throw that in the case of cards that I need to give you next time I see you. You know, whenever that is yeah i
1: need to get both squeeze uh i mean the original one's gonna be way better for me mm-hmm. but
0: yeah, yeah the other one's not bad still yeah you know i really don't like the the art on the original squee no i mean the one i have is the the remade one not the not the original one i don't like that one from uh marketing masks yeah yeah i'm not a fan of that one the mine's from the corset i think it's 10th edition if i'm if i'm correct way better yeah way better and once again, I think that's, for the most part, I like original printings. Um, there are a couple exceptions, like Counterspell being, I guess, the notable one. Brainstorm's another one. Squeeze definitely not one that I think, that that art does not does not speak to me. So, I'll try to get the more current one. You know which art is like, really iconic uh,
1: as the original printing that I'm just like, this is not good. Which one? Lamorals.
0: Oh yeah, not a fan. <laughs>
1: people love origin of land elves and i'm just like one it says elves mm-hmm. plural yeah weird. or no is it plural or singular it's of... they it's, were it's plural
0: land yeah, War elves, right. yeah
1: it's just one and like it's like just like kind of an open like i don't under i don't really understand what the point of the picture is
0: no yeah i'm not a fan of that one either it's that it seems like a like a high concept kind of thing and you, you look at it you're like i i'm not impressed but I, this, I'm, I don't want. I don't know if we want to go down the art hot take. I feel like we should get Eric back on and just talk about like art for one episode. I mean, Leaving
1: a Legacy already does their, uh, their art episodes, so I would kind exactly. of feel like we were infringing. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Probably need to listen to that show uh, more often than I do, which is never. Wow, that's a bold thing to say <laughs> on air. Yeah, I mean it's a good show. I used to listen to it. It just kind of fell out of my rotation. I've got a, a heavy dose of you know my my murder podcast and then my informational fun podcasts a uh, couple magic ones here and there but you know I don't really have time to be listening to you know leaving a legacy uh, as much as I used to Yeah, I uh I had to cut some magic podcasts out of my rotation
1: uh, now that I can't just like listen to them at work all the time mm-hmm. so I get it
0: yeah I was going to I think I, and I mentioned this to you before but I was actually going to play spirits which i i would like to think is not a terrible matchup if i were playing against you and your your flappy birds but i beat spirits twice did you okay was it like particularly close or was it like some of the games but i mean like
1: my deck is like essentially half cantrips half burn spells mm-hmm. but like you know and like the spirits players i played against like knew the format okay and i had no clue what i was doing and yeah. i won.
0: Okay, so maybe it's not a good matchup. I was so the deck I was playing was actually playing uh, one copy of Remorseful Cleric, it's like two mana flyer, and you sacrifice it to exile target player's graveyard. I had one the, one copy in the main deck, and then I had two copies of Rest in Peace in the sideboard, which I, maybe those are supposed to both be clerics, but I only own one Remorseful Cleric apparently, so that's what we were. I <laughs> mean, the the bigger threat against your deck is the thing in the Isis, anyways. Yeah. Yeah, I think the thing in Isis would be would be hard to beat. So, yeah, I mean, like, that's one of those matchups I'm not sure about. And, like, I, I do have access to, like, Cleave Apparition, which I think I would board in the extra two. For the, like, I have two main decks to board. I think that's pretty good in that matchup. Yeah, I'm oh uh, But, I don't know. Anyways, we're, we're not going to go down the Pioneer Rabbit Hole. But, but. I'm pretty sure our birds...
1: Or, well, they're both birds. <laughs> pretty sure the... Li- are any of them living? Uh, yeah, I don't think so. Anyways, pretty sure Phoenix is, is favorite.
0: Yeah, probably. Okay, well, let's talk about what we actually wanted to talk about. Um, and once again, we're, we're trying to get in and out. And we've just spent like 10 minutes talking about Pioneer and art, so.
1: Well, <laughs> and also criticizing you, which
0: is really all I ever want to talk about. It's very valid. So let's talk about a couple things we'll touch on. First thing, no bad announcements. I was. I don't know, expecting something, but we didn't get any changes to any magic formats that we you know, that we care about, at least. Yeah, it's
1: really bizarre. And, you know, so, as, as time went on, I was like, oh, they're waiting until after the PTQ. It'll be their final data that they take in. Like, they don't want to make changes and then, like, have an event where people are, like, trying to qualify for the Pro Tour. Like, I get it. It makes mm-hmm. sense. Let it be an established format. Yeah, I figured Monday, you know, six legacy challenges in a row haven't fired. We're gonna we're gonna get this going, but nope. And like, there was actually, yeah, I don't know if you saw, there was like a movement to have um, do you remember the the Popper prelim where people played with basic lands?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, so there was a movement to do that same thing for the legacy challenge on Saturday. So people were signing up with basic land decks, and they still couldn't get to the 64 minimum.
0: Ugh, it's miserable.
1: Like, between people who didn't want to play and people who did want to play, you had both groups signing up, and they couldn't do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, and this, is, and this is, I guess, one of the issues, right? Like, the the protest, I, I guess calling it a protest or, you know, a movement whatever, even when the movement can't get enough people to participate in the format to actually make the demonstration, I think is obviously showing how big of an issue it actually is. I'm kind of surprised, because, you know, and I, you, I think you're right about the PTQ, right? Like, you don't want to upend the format right before the PTQ. Fine. But, like, are we really going to play Eternal Weekend with a format that people don't really want to be playing? Like, I think people will play it because it's Eternal Weekend. Mm-hmm. But, like, that feels like a really lackluster experience. Like, I'm, I'm still planning on playing all three. And... Uh, my, my wife is less than happy, but she understands the the reason why I want to play all three of them, right? I want to try to maximize my chances, but, like, this is going to blow my whole weekend, whatever. I'm kind of less inclined to, <laughs> to do that now if I'm going to be dealing with this format like it is right now. It doesn't seem appealing to me to spend 72 hours playing Legacy, which I normally would love to do, but playing Legacy, where it's this format where I'm just going to be playing against Ragavan Mirrors the whole time. I don't know one. how many other people feel like that, um, who are are they feeling conflicted between wanting to be an Eternal Weekend champion, be, being able to win a painting, and also having to endure this format like it is for that long. But, uh, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I, one, I'm jealous that uh, you get to play in all three. Um, I believe I'm only going to be playing in one or two. I'm definitely not playing all three mm-hmm. if my memory spurs. Um, I, so I, I think the thing is, I don't know if I work or not yet. Okay. Now weekend, and depending on my work schedule, I will be able to likely do one or two, but not both. And if I, cause the one on the one on Friday, it's like, if I play it, then work is going to be terrible for me on Saturday but like it's only a four hour shift and I don't really drink caffeine. So like caffeine does a lot, but I do drink it. So I don't know. I might like play it with like, you know, the second I'm not live, like I just call it a night. And if I do stay in the whole time, then, you know, just like grab a Coke and I can survive four hours. But yeah, it's, I have to say about this format, like I actually personally enjoy this format, mm-hmm. but I, I
0: very much understand that I'm in the minority there. So you are among the group not enjoying it. I okay. So I enjoy it, and this is kind of my issue. I'm enjoying it because I'm winning. I'm winning a lot. <laughs> like I, I'm not upset being the, ragavan player. And we've talked about this before. Like my, win percentage with, delver deck, delver decks in general is very high. Um, when I feel like I'm playing the best version of the delver decks, I feel like I'm usually favored versus both people and it's like my experience kind of bears that out so i'm not upset about that it's just i don't like playing in mirrors and pseudo mirrors for nine rounds of tournament like I'll, I'll do it and i i feel like i'll have a good run like if I, you know if this ends up being a 10 round a 10 round tournament i if I'm playing Delver Mirrors, which I could be, right? Because, once again, I'm one of the limitations or I guess one of the benefits of playing this is that everyone has these, um, you know, limitless pockets, right, for this de- for whatever deck they want to play because of the the tokens. But, um, like, there's a legitimate chance I could play eight rounds of Delver decks or Ragavan decks, whatever, know, however you want to frame it. I don't, I don't really want to play eight out of my ten rounds against Ragavan. That's just... That just doesn't seem fun to me. Um, I think if I were playing against... I think if I were, like, you know, in your shoes, where I'm assuming, are you? would you also be playing um, a van deck? Were you playing on playing something like Depth or something? Um, I don't know. Realistically, I should probably just play one
1: deck Mm -hmm. throughout all of them, but I wouldn't be surprised if I played two of them to play one with Blue-Red Saga and one with Green-White Depths. Okay. Um... Like or maybe even like the the affinity deck, like uh, mm. the mono blue, or is it deck? Like that deck's been, um, you know, it was really weird. Like in the PTQ, like nobody really played it except for Bob Wong, and mm. like he, you know, had a top eight run with the deck, and yeah. I know it's been performing well for him, and it's been performing well for some others. <laughs> so like, I'm definitely not, like. In a spot where I'm going to just like make myself not play Ragavon. Like I, I do enjoy playing the card, but there are decks outside of it that I think can prey on the Ragavon decks that are also low positioned. So I, I don't know what I would play. Probably
0: depends a little bit on my mood. Yeah, I think I think what I would do is if I end up playing just two of them, like if I play like Friday, Sunday, for example, I think I would play one with Blue Red Delver and then play another one with like Lance or something. Like just just because I think Lance has a good matchup for its- the uh, Delver decks right now, um, so I don't think that's an embarrassing strategy. I think it's a good a good place to be. Uh, and once again, one of the limitations of that deck for me is that I don't I don't own four Mark's Diamonds, and I, I know I could borrow land in in almost in whole from you, um, if so I wanted to play in paper at some point. But um, you know, once again, in in paper, like I, I always feel like it's just so much better equity for me to continue playing Gelver because people people can't seem to beat me and even when i'm in the last event we played right um you know i was on the play i was on the draw i mulliganed down to five i mulliganed down to i think four in one game um and the the games were not close and it's just i don't i don't know it it's just hard not to want to play the deck that is getting me um free spells off a fragavan and giving me a two-for-one to two-for-one with expressive iteration while the rest of the format is playing one spell at a time and losing to gut shot and random stuff like that, so... I just... I don't know. Um, I was talking to uh, to our friend Josh
1: about Raghavons yesterday. Hmm. Um, we were pointing out that my opponent's Raghavons always seem to hit so much better <laughs> than my own do. Yeah. Um, you know, the card is super powerful, and it, it feels great when it hits. It, you're just thinking back to um to the Venet alf that we top eighted like uh two weeks ago yeah if you were watching in uh-huh. in my last match uh my opponent just every time the rocket line connected was like banger 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 <laughs>
0: hit, like i an, think they hit two, like thunder in the like,
1: iteration like... in the iteration
0: yeah this is like, gross so good <laughs> um and, you know one thing like that's the uh... That's what ends up happening in, in some of these games where, like, you know, it's like, oh, well, hopefully they don't hit a creature. Oh, I'm going to cast your Murktide Regent. Okay, never mind. I guess the game's over. Or I'm going to hit your Lightning Bolt. Or I'm going to hit your, like, and even hitting your Ragavan, like, that's not the worst thing. But, like, I'm just going to make sure you can't cast it. Like, I played against, against uh, John Goth, who we talked about, um, was playing that kind of artifact deck. And, like, I was just like, I'm going to cast your Mox Opal. Like, I don't... I'm not gonna use it for mana at all, because I don't really want to, but like I could. Like I'm making treasures, I might as well. I make if I make one more treasure I can turn on your Mox opal. So I guess I'll play it and I guess I'll trigger my Dragon Age Channeler, like and I, I think people from the outside too, and I, I like I, I know people who are playing Yorian Taxes, for example, are saying like it's like, well the card's not that great. It's like, yeah, it's not that great versus you. And I get that. Like that's that's good for you guys. I'm very happy. But like you guys die to like other stuff. Like I'm not worried about that matchup in general right now. Like that's not my main concern here. Like I I am very concerned about what in once again, in my mind what I think perceived as the best deck, uh, being Blue Red. Um and these blue adjacent decks, so I still think like the Bant control deck is a very good deck, and I would expect that to do better, but I, I don't know how they beat Ragavane consistently. And there are a lot of games that I've played versus them that really come down to the fact that I have I just have more mana than them. Like in their playing Carpet of Flowers, and I'm like, okay, well that's not not doing enough, which is a weird a weird spot to be in two, so I don't know. So may, maybe it'll maybe Eternal Weekend will just be a bunch of land stacks doing well, and maybe Wizards is, is just smarter than than we are. But I just I just don't see it. Um, and at the very least, I'm I'm, I'm getting kind of, kind of bored. Like I, I like winning a lot, I really do. But I I'd rather have an interesting format. And at the very least, it doesn't feel balanced to me anymore. Um, I just feel like everyone who's not playing with the combination of Ragavan, DRC and tide region is just like playing with uh, playing at a disadvantage uh, I it, it's funny because I still don't know if I agree with that and
1: I I will note like I playing the blue red saga deck I do feel like my wins came easier than uh some of my wins with green white depths did
0: mm-hmm.
1: but also the, I mean there's a fair number of times where it just feels like everybody knows that uh the blue red, are like such a large part format mm-hmm. so the format's kind of warped around them to this extent where it's like yeah and like the matches you play against somebody who's not playing a ton you're just like oh i'm just going to crush you this is super easy mm-hmm. you've never played against these cards they're insanely strong but then like i don't know other times you show up and your opponent just has like five pirate Blast and like two hydro blasts and you're like oh, i can't i can't keep anything around it like, hmm. I, I don't know. The cards are super good. They do run people over sometimes. But uh, I still just feel like they are very answerable. And, like, I'm I'm trying to phrase this because, like, I want to be clear. Like, I don't think they're bad, right? Like, No, yeah, I, it's not. I, <laughs> I understand these decks are good. Like, I even said I might play Blue Red Saga. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I still think that you can... Definitely play other decks because that's what you like doing, and I don't think it's a bad idea.
0: Well, the I agree with you that the, the deck is targetable for sure, but that that's part of my issue. Like, you can definitely kill a Tide region. Like that card is not indestructible, but it di- dies to red blast. It di- dies to pyroblast. Absolutely, it dies to snuff out. I and mean, we talked about that as being a possible answer. Like, there are a lot of really things, really cheap mana efficient things that kill. Murktide Regent and that kill uh, ragavan and that kill DRC and I'm still just rolling people over. Like in there are some plus games, but most of the games end up with me steamrolling my opponent and still having um all these in hands. Like this I, I so so this is I I think one of the
1: reasons that we might have such differing uh, takes on this too is because, I mean, you kind of pigeonhole yourself, like you haven't really played from the other side of the table. Mm -hmm. Like I've played with Blue-Red Delver, I've played with Blue-Red Saga, which, you know, again, I like it more than the Delver decks. Like Mm -hmm. I've also played, you know, games from like the Green-White Depth side and from the Bant side and, you know, a bunch of decks on the other side. Mm -hmm. And like, I've also had those games with Blue-Red where I'm steamrolling people, but I also have those games, you know, with like green white where I'm just like steamrolling the Delver players. Like, and somebody's pointed out to me, like, hey, maybe it's just that you're a better like green white player than like this person is a Delver player and stuff like that. But like, I don't know. The, the deck still feels like, as long as you are like going in aware, it feels like they are beatable. Obviously, still good though.
0: Yeah. We'll see. I mean, and once again, they could, they still could make some changes to the format beforehand. Who knows? Maybe Crimson Val does something? Question mark? Uh, I don't thought- know. There's a, there's a new set every
1: month, I feel like. Yeah. It's, like, actually exhausting. I don't, I don't... I hate complaining about it, but but I really feel like I don't complain about Wizards in general. Like, I feel like I'm usually pretty happy with their decisions, unlike most of the Magic community, but just the constant release thing is just, like, so draining for me. And I've seen, like, a couple of people like with takes like oh well like you know it's just that product's not for you which is like you know that's like fine i understand if like commander 2022 comes out and that's not for me as a primarily modern and legacy player mm-hmm. but you know those cards do affect my format so like i, I well they affect legacy you know they don't affect modern so it's like i do actually have to be aware of them mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's not even me trying to say I don't want those products to affect legacy. It's just saying there's a lot. I'm tired. I just want to go like
0: a couple months without spoiler season. I mean, the only thing that, that Wizards does that personally offends me is the fact that we haven't got a preview yet, which is fine. But I, I thought we would get one for for the set. But who knows? Yeah, I mean, I definitely did not think that. <laughs> I I would love to
1: get a preview at some point. with um, so sweet, it- man. I need to start uh, just, like, harassing uh, Blake R on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Tried to tried to slide into those DMs once, but they are closed. Oh, And I felt really uncomfortable just, like, publicly being like, hey, look at me. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, at some point, because once again, I feel like unless it's going to be, like, a... Well, I guess the next time they do like an Eternal Masters or like a Modern Master or something like that, we have—I think—we have a decent shot. So. I think you're lying to yourself. I, I mean, once again, I, I feel like it's... I think it's better to go for the established Modern Legacy podcast. Oh, I I agree, but they've already shown a track record. That's not what they do. Yeah, they they just go for people who play Arena, which doesn't make any sense to me. But, um, yeah, maybe maybe they'll change their mind. Who knows. Yeah. Also, I like how I
1: just said I felt awkward, like, publicly asking, and then just talked about it on the podcast. No,
0: I'll, I'll, I mean, talk it up, man. I mean... Kind the, of hypocritical of me. You need, you need to put it into the universe so it can manifest itself. That's the only way that things get done. Don't let your, don't let your dreams become memes. Or let your memes become dreams. I don't know. I don't know how that thing goes. Talking about memes becoming dreams, uh, let's talk about some events that are coming up uh one of them is the scg con which is actually th- this weekend which is super crazy uh i thought this was never going to actually happen that was a terrible transition what do you mean um, how's it a, it's a, it's something that i thought was never gonna happen this is perfect and also if you win you get a your own vision put onto a card like chris barone did where he has him and his dog on a food token
1: you know it's really sad hmm. um I don't know that i've seen his food token before
0: oh no um, <laughs> and like
1: bad. he i i think it's just because like he won and then like i don't know there was like three events and
0: then it was like global pandemic time yes like it's it's very possible that this was this is like the least and actually like i guess if you bought something from seg you probably got one of these tokens in your package right so probably
1: and like those Presumably be giving them out for a while to come. But it, it's just like kind of like sad because food was a great one to pick and like the token actually
0: looks really nice. Um Yeah, it's really cool. It's kind of like unfortunate. Unfortunate timing. Yeah, but you figure if they were doing pioneer events and standard events like with uh Corvald, I think you would have gotten a lot of a lot of airtime with this. And uh that is that was not the case, so
1: Okay, yeah, so but... talking about SDG con mm-hmm. two questions. Yeah.
0: Uh, what would you play in modern if you were going? Okay uh, in modern if I were going, I'd probably end up playing honestly, I'd probably end up playing Cricket's Shadow because I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> but I think I think dredge is actually pretty solid right now. like I think that's something you could play uh, and not be embarrassed about. like I think amulet is not as popular as it has been. So that is one of your major uh, predators kind of minimized. So I think judge is on a really good spot. If I were a betting man, which I am, which is not really for magic tournaments because that's a weird thing to try to get into betting on. Um, if I were a betting man, I'd probably play Rhinos. Um, I know Tumik's been playing that Yuri and Rhinos deck. Uh, to pretty good success, I think that is a deck that is good because it's proactive, but also has a good um, plan B of being a solid mid range deck. And with Urian can really take over late game too. So I think it's probably the best choice for if you plan on winning the invitational. Uh, how about you?
1: Uh, hold on,
0: there's oh.
1: a second question. Okay,
0: okay, sorry. The uh, so my second question. Okay, you did it. You won the invitational. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is your token? I mean, right now I think it's just a treasure. I think you have to. I think, <laughs> I think as long as Rockivin's legal, um, that is going to get the most airtime. So. Wow, you're just gonna steal Ryan Overturn's place? Yeah, you I don't care. Don't care. I mean, like the other option is you could do the, um, construct token. You could take the, uh, Matthias Hunt token, which I think is sweet. That's that's what I'm using right now as my, tokens <laughs> at least until my my Reggie Rocks come in. So, I think that's the. I think those are the only two options. I think something that you get tokens off of of Saga, or something you get tokens off of um, Ragavan. I guess you could also, I'll, I, the third option is you could do a Doctor token, because I think Retrofitter Foundry is getting a lot of play, and will continue to get play in the future. So I think that's probably third place, but, like, I'm not settling for Bronze here, I just want gold, so let me get more gold. Uh, okay. Also, Shout out to OverTurf. He
1: just sent me um, sent me a couple signed treasure tokens to use. Help me out. I was just like, I need tokens for things. Like this is a mess. i was just showing up to events like unprepared. So
0: yeah, shout out to Dada. OverTurf. So I, I I'm not going to SUGCOM, so you don't have to worry about me taking your token or I am. But appreciate you giving, giving signed copies to them. And... Okay, so if I was going,
1: I would. If you had asked me last week, I would have said Rhinos. Mm-hmm. I think I would be playing Titan. Um, I don't know if I would play Amulet or the new deck that I've been working on. So, I mean, Rhinos is Rhinos is just really good, I think. One of my concerns is, you know, it's been one of the best performing decks for so long. People are starting to target it. Uh, and I've heard a lot of people talking about playing Blue-White Control at the Invitational. Mm-hmm. I've seen a ton of chatter and... Rhinos is not good against that deck. Um, so if you figure a lot of the best players in the room are going to be on the control that, which crushes your deck, you know, that's, like, not a great spot. Like, if I'm going to pick a deck that's good against the good players or the bad players, I'd much rather it be good against the good players and just let my skill carry me against the bad players. Bad's not a great choice of words, but, like... Yeah, I know what you mean. Hopefully people know what I mean. Um, so, yeah... I would be a little bit concerned about that. From what I'm hearing, Amulet also struggles against the new blue-white control deck, Mm -hmm. Uh, but historically it's been good against blue-white control, Mm -hmm. so that's why I'm kind of questioning that. I think you could probably uh, you know, find ways around it, up your number of cavernous souls, for instance. I know that they're on spreading seas, which makes it tough, Mm -hmm. but I think that matchup is probably winnable. The number of blue-red murktide has dropped down significantly, so I like that. I do think it might have a slightly higher presence in paper there, though. Notably, Milan top-8 at the last uh, Modern Moto PTQ with, like, the Jeskai Merc Tide deck, which is essentially blue-red, Splash Prismatic ending. Mm -hmm. Um, And that deck is really good against Titan, so that's kind of a concern. Um, What I like about the new creative Titan deck I've been playing is, A, it it's really good against the control decks Um, I think it's also a little bit stronger against the blue red merc type deck Uh, what I like about both of them is they're proactive which I think as much as people are going to be trying to play the best decks here I think there's going to be some amount of I just haven't played in a while like I'm qualified from forever ago but I don't really play Modo Mm -hmm. so I just want to play like the deck I've been playing and have fun with like I just I'm kind of here to hang out um so i would probably go with my new uh indomitable creativity titan deck though i just think it's uh really powerful um it's really proactive and it's like i've been beating control and hammer in most of my matches and those are the two decks i expect to be most popular i have not actually played against rhinos yet but i can't imagine it's a slam dunk but i also can't imagine it's like terrible Mm -hmm. um and I've been beating blue red, so like I I would feel good registering that deck. And Then I would obviously pick one one red dwarf to go with the new deck. I think that's fair. Yeah, a little dwarf of mine action. Yeah, uh, I was really struggling to come figure out what to use for my tokens, so I'm using like Krabbies as my crabs. Okay. Um, I've got an inspector gadget clue token. Cool. Um, I already mentioned over turf hooked me up with the treasure token,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then I bought. Two Charmanders and two Magmars from a dwarfs.
0: Okay, I like that. Oh, well, uh, you, get, you get it on um, what's the the pre-evolution of uh, Magmar? The Mag uh, Magby. Magby, yeah.
1: Oh, God, that'd be so cute. Yeah, I just kind of went with what I saw at the store.
0: That's fair. Well, I was gonna say actually, if Blue White Control is like the thing you're kind of worried about coming out of the. You know the top players in the room, like that, Me, that does make dredge a little bit better in my mind because that is a historically a very good matchup. Um, and them adding spreading seas and a chalice of the void does not does not uh, make that matchup particularly worse. So, uh, I think that might be a good place to be. That makes my choice that decision at least a little bit more appealing. Uh, we also have the mox this weekend, too, which is I, I'm gonna be honest, I kind of I don't know if I forgot about, but I, I have not been focusing on it in my my kind of line of sight. Um, what are they? What formats are they playing? Uh, three rounds of vintage cube, three
1: rounds of modern. Yeah. Uh, same format as we've seen the last couple of times. Whoever goes three O in modern faces off. Whoever goes three O in vintage cube. Uh, if the same person three 0s both, then they're the winner. But that's not super
0: likely, so. Yeah, I think I think it's difficult. And like I this is obviously a very super super good group, right? Um you've got well, Nicholas Boney, you've got uh Logan Nettles, you've got Sam Roth, Nathan Struer, that's just half of the room, right? So uh, I think it's I think anyone going six oh in this in this group is gonna be a challenge, right, regardless of who you are. So maybe I'll watch that. Uh, I I'm like not a big fan of watching Vintage Cube, but I just don't like watching it, but I'll probably watch the modern rounds at least there. Uh, I I like watching the.
1: I don't always think the games are super interesting, but especially the draft portion I think is delightful. I'll probably watch the whole thing. I don't know. I don't know. How I'll be able to watch it live, but I'll, I'll probably go back and watch it at least. Okay.
0: Yeah, I still I really wish they would just go. I mean, like not. I keep saying go back, but like I really wish they would do like. Three because like looking at it, it's there's a vintage champion, a modern champion, a pioneer champion, and the legacy champion. I really wish they would just do like a sixteen round tournament where they get to play like two or three rounds of each, and you know maybe they throw a draft in there as well. But I I don't know, they're never going to do that. Yeah, I mean, it
1: it would be nice to kind of make players extend their range, actually see people flex in formats they usually don't play as much. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think that would be cool.
0: Yeah.
1: I always think it's a little bit weird too that's like take and I don't mean this to call him out at all, mm. but uh, let's take Jack, aka House of Mana. Sure. He is a modern player. I know he has been playing a lot more limited over the past year, like in a, both in an attempt to increase his range and also to play, you know, these mox leaderboard events, mm. uh, which really worked out because he got in on the at large bid. Yeah. But like he's largely a modern player. You know the the chart said like somewhere around sixty percent of his games on Moto have been modern. Gee, like, okay. So like making him play something like vintage would be like, well, I think he does like vintage, but I, I think that would be cool and like kind of force him to do something different. Uh, this is the same thing. I can't I can't remember who it is, but like one of these players is like has, like, three matches of Vintage Cube on their Moto account history, period. It's just, like, I, you know, I like the fact that this makes them play Moto. Yeah. I I mean, not Moto Makes them play uh, Vintage Cube. So I I do wish that we would see more of, like, hey, you have never really touched Pioneer. Let's see what you can do. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I think that'd be really neat. Especially, like, and, like, Pioneer is one of those formats, too, that hasn't gotten a lot of exposure, so I think it'd be cool, even if it rotated, um, where even if they didn't play, you know, like, you know, three formats, three rounds of this, three rounds of that, if it was just like Vintage Cube and Pioneer, at least, or something like that, I think that'd be interesting. Um, but like, I think they keep doing modern. I know they've done Pioneer before, because um, there was that, I can't think of the pro. Um, there was somebody who was playing like a Manolith. He went to Belcher. It's not with Belcher, but they were playing like a. Manless it was they were playing oops. Oops, yeah, they're playing oops All spells and and Pioneer. So like, um, I know they have played Pioneer on, on the mock stage before. I, I just think it would be cool if they would rotate the format a little bit. But I'm not going to complain with them playing Modern each time. That's totally fine with me too.
1: That deck was so not okay. <laughs> also, I remember when um when it was really big and Modern, mm-hmm. and you know, shout out to LSV because why coverage he did a great job of seeming like he was entertained by it and i don't know if he was or wasn't but i was just like okay i'm really sick of watching oops all spells like this isn't exciting uh so (laughs) shout out to them for actually making it sound interesting is that deck not legal anymore it's not legal in pioneer it's still legal in modern but it's just not nearly as commonly played
0: okay what did they ban in pioneer they banned
1: both enablers
0: okay yeah, I like that. Once again, Pioneer is one of those formats I, I just have not been paying attention to, um, during the last year and a half. So, yeah, it, I mean, from-
1: it was just crushing every event, and like, they they didn't even know what the optimal deck list was yet, and it was still crushing people. Like, people were showing up with like sixty card builds, sixty four card builds, and seventy two card builds. Gosh, <laughs> and like all three of them were winning, and then like the lists were different among those different sizes. Mm-hmm. So it's just like,
0: okay, something's clearly wrong here. If yeah. <laughs> like. That's so funny Ugh, okay well yeah, hopefully this ends up being a really cool event like, they're casting this one at least too so you got uh, uh, Carmen Handy, Cedric Phillips, and uh, Hey Yu on the broadcasting for this one so it'll at least be cool to get some you know, coverage this weekend I didn't realize this until you pointed out to me before the show I didn't realize SCGCon wasn't actually getting any live treatment
1: yep it's uh been kind of like an open secret essentially mm-hmm. i like they haven't come out and made any big statements like, "Hey, we're not doing coverage uh, it's unclear what coverage will look like for f2g moving forward hopefully this is just like a one-off like not doing coverage but you know like i don't think they have any events announced yet so like i'm sure they'll cross that bridge when they actually announce a return to the tour
0: yeah I actually would be cool if they went back to, you know, old school days where they just had, not live coverage, but they would just have, like, video coverage or something. Not video coverage, um, photo coverage. So, have, like, one or two journalists. Still have a feature match area, but, you know, just type up the matches, put them on the website later. I think that'd be cool. That was way worse. <laughs> I mean, it's way worse. It, it's just way different, and, like, I like being able to watch the matches, but... I, I would like something, and, like, it, I understand that lugging cameras around the country is expensive, like, that is, that is, like, a cost in itself, but, like, I wouldn't mind if they gave the opportunity for, um, do you remember, I don't remember, that uh, Cat Light came to the where that I was at, actually, did, like, a, you know, cat coverage, and, like, did that kind of, like, um, I'm trying to think of the right word, but, like, you know, woman on the street interviews and stuff like that, like, I'd be okay with that. Like, I think that's a cool thing to be doing, and I'm not sure who they would get to do it, but, I mean, you could have a Cat Light. I'm not sure. Actually, I haven't seen Cat Light in so long now, the more I think about it. Um, hopefully, she's around and doing well. She's she's super cool. But, you know, something like that, where we get to kind of invest ourselves in the players through um, somebody else who we know is good and can communicate well, and we can get a kind of different perspective than we're used to seeing of, of the S C G tour or, you know, eventually... The, the pro tour or the gp circuit when that hopefully fires back up i think that'd be at least interesting sure i'd rather just have video coverage though sure but like once again if if i'm a company like it there is a cost associated with having
1: yeah it's fine
0: yeah so we'll see i guess we'll see what happens okay we talked about a bunch of stuff uh, let's talk about Bullwinkle 6705 which I, well, I, I might be sure if, I'm not sure if this was on the show or if this was just like a conversation you were having but you referenced Bullwinkle and you were just like yeah Bullwinkle 6705 I'm pretty sure that's the number anyways and I was like how do you just know the number and like yeah you're right 6705 so uh, I don't know if you've caught on to this but I have a pretty good memory <laughs> I mean, for some things. Magic things, it's pretty good. There's other things? So, uh, Bullwinkle did fairly well um, in the Legacy Challenge, the top eight appearance. Uh, but the Blue Red soccer deck is actually very similar to what you've, you've been playing, right? Right, um, well, because I copied his list. Yeah, oh. so <laughs> that would make sense. Um, which is, it's a super cool deck, right? It's playing Merchand Regent, playing Ragavan's, playing Unholy Heat, which I think you said you weren't a, a huge fan of, right? No, the card sucks. Yeah, card sucks. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, well, it's so like I mean, I don't want to get go too far on the deck because that's not the point here. But um, I shouldn't say Unholy Heat sucks. I just don't think it's good, <laughs> uh, especially <laughs> not in this deck. And we were at Delver with uh, Mistress Bobbles you end up getting Delirium way easier between that and Dragon's Rage Channeler. Mm-hmm. But the stack is not playing Dragon's Rage Channeler. Uh, it's not playing Mistress Bumble, so things go to the graveyard way less often. You still have artifacts, but one of them's Relic, which, you know, doesn't go to your graveyard. Mm-hmm. Uh, two of them are Retrofitter Foundry, which when it leaves play is typically exiled. I mean, like, sometimes it gets countered, but like, that's not usual. Yeah. Uh, so Aether's Bomb is really the only artifact that hits the yard. You do have Urza sagas to give you enchantments, which uh notably Delver doesn't have, but like it it's just kind of a lot to ask for having Delirium in this deck. And even when your graveyard does get filled up, you know, they just get shrunk by your Murktide Regents.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and then also I feel like Unholy Heat was really good at first because it killed Murktide Regent, but you know, people are smarter now, so they you know, more often than not, aren't playing Merktide Regent unless it's seven seven, in which case, you know, you just look at this on Holy
0: Heat and it doesn't do anything. Yeah. yeah I think that's yeah, a lot of reasons. I'm I'm in the same boat. I'm not a I'm I played it in one event, um and I top eight at the event. I'm not playing on Holy Heat again unless I have to. I'm just not not super impressed by it. I, guess I actually to be fair i played it in two events. I played it once in Modern as well. But once again I, I think the threats out of the graveyard or that I guess utilize the graveyard are so good in Legacy talking about Merchard Regent in Modern talking about Croxa that like I don't really want to have to play Unholy Heat around those two cards. Like, I'd rather just cast my Kroxa and not worry about um, making my Unholy Heat not effective. So yeah, I'm kind of off it for right now, but teach their own uh, for that. And Obviously, it worked work for Bullwinkle, um, but you're right, this the focus isn't on this deck, it's on the comment actually. And I retweeted this on my page, uh, we'll put a link to this thread on in the show notes. Which, by, by the way, I, I didn't realize this when people say the show notes, the show notes are the description of the actual podcast. So, if you if I say show notes and you're like, what, what are these show notes? What are these? um it's just go to the episode look at the description you should see a couple links down there so how did you not know that i knew that i didn't know that people didn't know that,
1: that i don't know what people, people do not know that yeah
0: i i just assumed that everyone knew what the show notes were so um let see highly trained neural network uh it's uh, andre Klepatch um made a really cool comment uh, also, to see you putting up very consistent results, I am cu- curious if you can offer any specifics on what you think you are doing differently compared to most people in order to pick up that equity. Uh, Bullwinkle responded uh, As a player, I've always been the most successful when I understand why my deck is the way it is. That's kind of broad, but specifics include things like understanding that against Jeskai, my opponent will have about 8 answers to Merkchide post board, so I board 4 Merkchide out just um so i can just play with 26 land and win with retrofitter foundry because i'll have more mana and wastelands for my opponent's sagas and pyroblast for their murtide and iteration i found that i lose game one more with this deck than any other deck i've played uh, because i understand how every matchup goes why and why i configure my deck in the way that i do i can lose game one and win the post board games I feel like in Legacy this is emphasized because of how consistent your deck is and how much agency you have over every game. Uh, and once again, I think that's a really, really... I'll say mature and also cognizant response uh, Bullwinkle put forth, which is really cool, but I, I kind of think it opens up the discussion uh, about you know, how we actually... What are we doing when we're playing Magic that allows us to be successful? Because once again, by by all metrics... And once again, I, I think online, I think you have a you know, much better track record than I do. Um, but locally, I'm still, you know, above average at least, right? So trying to find things that allow us to succeed in legacy and in modern um, that other people aren't doing that allows us to, once again, pick up that equity um, above the average player, Um By the way, I do. I guess before we jump into that too much, I really do like Bullwinkle's response here, though, because that is a really good point about, um, you know, specifically how you how to play against Jeskai and you know, kind of transforming into, uh, I don't want to say a control deck, but you know, putting the focus away from your creatures, even though your opponents are putting the focus towards the creatures, um, so their removal doesn't line up particularly well. I think that's a really really smart move.
1: You know, it's funny. He and I sideboard differently in that matchup, and I think we've both been successful in it. Um, and I've been meaning to try his way out, but I, I just think that's, like, kind of interesting. Um, like, I don't think I've lost to Just Guy with this deck
0: yet, hmm. and just a very different approach. What, what's your strategy out of interest?
1: Um, I typically... Uh, I board out the Four Force of Wills. Um, I board out, like, the... What? cut unholy heat from the deck after the first event. But um <laughs> I was <laughs> cutting unholy heats down and then I like shaved on a daze. I just brought in like the five pyroblasts and I adjusted the way I played. But I wanted the Merctide regions to get swords so that my ragavans could connect. But yeah, uh so things we do um that give us an
0: edge. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I go first. One of the things that I, I want to, <laughs> I want to say this in a way that doesn't sound really, I it's odd. Um, one of the things that I do that I think is, I guess, bonus equity is that when I am playing, and I'm, I'm going to talk about legacy because I, I think, I don't know, once again, I, I, we've talked about this before, I think I'm a better better legacy player than I am a modern player, even though I think I play modern um, more often. I just think I'm better at legacy. The sequence of the games... I look at how the games are actually progressing, so I have a very good idea of what the opponents have in their hand based on previous play patterns. Um, and I'm kind of playing statistics and trying to figure out what their most likely play is and, once again, what their hand is. Um, I had a game at the you know the Legacy event we uh, both top aided a couple weeks ago where my opponent has... 10 mana. It it was, I'm going to say six lands, and they had a carpet of flowers. Right, so they've got all this mana. They have a... I'm trying to think what the card is. Um, I had a true nemesis on on the battlefield for a couple turns. My opponent is doing just a bunch of stuff, just tons and tons of stuff, and then they just stop playing cards. And they take three... They take another three. They're drawing a card each turn. They're not doing anything though. So it kind of bears the question: that, Like I'm debating playing Merc Tide Region, and I can play Merktide Region. And if I do, uh, the game ends in a turn. So do you play Merc Tide Region? Right. Based on the information I'm getting from this game, right, there's a good chance with the cards they have in hand that they have nothing proactive, right? I'm assuming they don't have anything proactive. It's something reactive, but it kind of depends what it is. It could be terminus, and once again, I, they have one or two terminuses that I'm playing against. Bant here, Bant with with red, right? So they have one or two permanent uh, terminuses post board potentially. It could be that. It could be pyroblast, right? They don't. They didn't have pyroblast. Um, they were empty-handed when I cast the true nemesis. Um, they can't target it now with pyroblast. It could be something like that. Who knows? Uh, they could also have something like source the plowshare. Like, that's always a possibility, once again, it does nothing against true new nemesis. Um, but it's a possibility that something else in their hand. Uh, and they also could have something, you know, I don't want to say silly, right? But they could have something like Abundant Harvest... They could have something like uro but like why are you not casting that in this situation right you're just taking three uh, three turn you're going to die to this true nemesis unless you're doing something so in my mind right with the all the mana that they have i'm i'm assuming they have one of those three cards and like they could have brainstorm they could have ponder but like that doesn't make any sense based on the conditions of the game thinking about it i i think it's less likely that they have something like pyroblast Right or at least had pyroblast. They could have drawn it, I guess, in, in the interim, because I feel like if they, if they had pyroblast in their hand before, they would have they would have tapped tapped out. In my mind, the only thing that really makes sense is that they have something like a source to plowshare. So, is there really an advantage for me actually playing that? Like I'm playing surgical extraction, I'm bringing that in that matchup, so I could. Surgical, and I, you know, I have it in my hand at this point. I could surgical the Pyroblast from the graveyard. I could surgical the source of Plowshare, or I could surgical the the one terminus I already see. Once again, kind of playing the odds here. Long term, I think it's more beneficial for me to get rid of something like source of Plowshare or Pyroblast. But at the same time, I kind of want to get rid of the terminus because I'm okay with just winning the game with my true nemesis, like, that, at the, at the worst, that is going to win the game, regardless of what they're doing, I have to deal with Uro at some point, they don't have Uro now, if they do end up casting Uro, I can, um, try to exile that, that's a whole nother, another argument, um, so, I look, I look at it, I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna try to get rid of Terminus, I think Terminus is the bigger issue here, um, I surgical Terminus out of the graveyard, and their last card in hand is a Pyroblast, which, once again, is, of fits the narrative, right? Based on the way the game played out, if they're only going to have one card in hand, uh, it makes sense that it is something reactive, not proactive. It makes sense that it's something that is good in the matchup, but not doing anything right now. And that kind of informed me also, I don't want to be casting my Merchide region right now. Or maybe I do. Maybe I, if I end up drawing something like a aggressive iteration, maybe I do cast this as, essentially as a bait spell. And then I end up using that to resolve my expressive iteration, which will hopefully draw me into more permission to help close out the game. And once again, trying to use this kind of analysis to figure out what their most likely hand is, um, something that justifies their play patterns, I think has helped me a lot. And I think it's not something that people really consider as much as they should. I think people like to have magic happen to them, rather than them understand the actual process and development of the game and why people make the decisions of the way way that they do. And I feel like that is a small thing that does help people, especially when you're playing against decks that are, you know, potentially weak to a single point of removal. Uh, And I think you probably have seen this a lot playing Depths, right? You really do need to know what piece of interaction they're dealing with and why they're playing the way that they are. Right? Like, why am I... You know, why didn't I wasteland my land why didn't I uh, like I know you have ponder why didn't you cast ponder Uh, why are you trying to hold up two mana okay now this is going to inform my decisions uh, about what's in your hand what you're trying to represent at least um, and I can try to make a play that takes this into account so I don't get blown out by that um, you know petty theft or that um, dead gone or something like that I think that's a very underutilized skill so you kind of stole what I was gonna say, slap so really? awkward. Oh no, I'm so sorry. This is why you wanted to go first. Oh okay, absolutely, always to... oh, go first. Always be on the play, that's what you said.
1: It's good to be it's good to be the aggressor. So Dude, I won so many die rolls of the pioneer event, speaking of being <laughs> on the play. Um I, I just feel like people always complain about like when they lose die rolls. Like you always hear like, Oh, I lost every die roll in this event. So whenever I whenever I win a bunch of I just kind of like to point it out. Some positivity out there, too. Yeah, absolutely. I got super lucky with that. It was was awesome. Uh, (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, I I definitely agree. Being able to kind of read why your opponents are doing things, essentially, is, like, definitely something I don't think people do. And something that helps me with that, too, is, you know, I, um, I feel like I really just absorb information about this game even when i'm not playing as much which i think compared to the average person i probably play a lot although compared to a lot of grinders i feel like i don't play at all um (laughs) it's like i don't know it's it's a really weird feeling like i just i feel like i play so much and then i see people be like yep i'm on my fifth league of the day i'm like yeah four trophies yesterday i'm just like how do you have time for this (laughs) but i i feel like Like I said, I'm really good at like soaking up information about this game. And you know, I I do have uh, a lot of time at work where I kind of have downtime that I can spend like on Twitter, soaking up deck lists and like every challenge like I go through and look at uh, what did well, all the results. So I'm usually pretty on top of like metagame developments and I keep up with streamers and you know, so when I'm at these events, I can generally look at something and, you know, like I think most people could tell you, like, oh, you know, they've played like a Bone Crusher Giant, they're on Rhinos. But like, I feel like they can't always necessarily give you details about the deck. Whereas I can oftentimes go, like, okay, so they have three of this card, four of this card, two of this card. Uh, if they have this card, that means like if they have X, that means there's probably still on like this build that has y card if they don't have x then they probably have like this other card instead and i think people go into these events just like not necessarily aware of what they're going to run against Mm -hmm. Uh, so i think that's a big edge i get um even just like you know i was at i was playing modern at au yesterday shout out to au Mm -hmm. um and i'm you know i'm playing this indomitable creativity titan deck and you know, people were asking me, like, do you have an of figure in there? I was like, no. (laughs) Uh, And, like, there was times where, like, my Titan would come into play, and they'd be like, you're gonna give a haste, and I'm gonna die, right? I'm like, can't give a haste. I'm like, oh, good, so I'm safe. It's like, no, you're still dead. (laughs) But it was just like, you know, people didn't know what was going on, and granted, that's I'm playing a deck that hasn't seen a lot of playing, mm-hmm. but it was just like those kinds of questions. Like, I don't really feel like I'm ever in the spot where I'm the one asking those questions. Yeah. And I mean, like every now and again, I come across something new where I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm generally very aware of the format. And I think that lets me formulate game plans better. I think uh, kind of like you mentioned, a lot of people like know what they're trying to do. Uh, but if you don't know what your opponent's trying to do, like. It, it's kind of hard to make your story fit in with their story yeah. in like a profitable way. And I think, um, playing, playing so much depth I think has helped me with that tremendously. Uh, just like thoughts, using people and being like, well, I have to like <laughs> be able to plan around what my opponent's doing. Cause like my whole thing is trying to go off with one creature. So yeah, I, I just think being aware of changes in the format is like a big big edge i've gotten and like granted that's not the only thing because like you know obviously i just hopped at a pioneer event where i had literally no clue what was going on at all but but i think that's a big one that people lose equity on it's just like not being aware of stuff
0: yeah and like that's one of the biggest advantages i think of the modern age right where you have people like doom people like aspiring spike uh, who are playing decks that are popular that have some pedigree, because a lot of them are coming from <laughs> from um, challenges and things like bad deck, deck dumps. Well, it's typically not what Spike plays. He's typically brewing. He, he does brew a lot, yeah. Uh, but you I know, feel like he
1: shapes them metagame. game, so watching him actually gives you the edge because you see it first, like, firsthand. You see it before other people started adapting in.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's one of those things that the idea that, even if they're not entirely fleshed out yet, still getting an idea of Okay, so what is happening with this Archon of Cruelty? What? Oh, gosh. Okay. Okay. That's that's a lot. I don't know what the final form of this deck is going to look like, but at least I know that Archon of Cruelty is a card that I need to be aware of in the in the modern format. That um, card is a lot. The in the Legacy was... format. I've cool. gotten got by it in Legacy. Yeah, I mean, it's a beating. It's, it's really good. Uh, <laughs> but once again, that's, that's one of those cards that you may not be aware of as an actual threat. And you don't know understand how to play against it until you see it. And I, I want not say that that was I think I think you're in agreement here too. Like the first time I kinda of thought I was like, okay, I, I get that. That's not that big of a deal. And the first time I played against it, I was like, oh this card's impossible to beat one on one. And you know, I don't wanna to stay too much longer, but the other
1: thing I think I do that gives me kind of an edge. I don't think people take accountability for their losses enough. Like, after every match, basically, you know, I try to think back on things that could have gone differently from either side, like, things... uh, And try to pinpoint, like, especially if I lost, but, like, I try to do it even if I won, like, you know, like, was there a point where my win was slipping away? Like, what, what happened? Or, like, if I lost, like, where do I think I went wrong? Like, could I have done something different on this turn? Was I not expecting something from my opponent? And I just think a lot of times people lose and they're like ah that was bad luck or like Mm -hmm. oh i was so close and like they don't necessarily focus on like what they could have done differently and i i think i'm generally pretty good at like learning my lesson after after i mess up and being like okay like next time i need to be aware
0: of this yeah i think that's i think even in your wins right i think it's still valuable to be doing that kind of stuff the the match i was talking about before the carpet of flowers They cast, I'm trying to think of the sequence exactly. I believe it was, they cast that, I cast force, they force back a pyroblast, they tank, and then they force my pyroblast and carpet resolves. And I was like, okay, that's fine, whatever. And that's how they got to the position where they they only had one card, I think, in hand. Right, or I think they actually might have been, you know, I think I actually might have gone down to zero cards at that point. So, then I untap and just cast a true nemesis. So, my thought is, like, what happens if they don't do that, right? They don't force of will my Pyroblast there. Like, how does that game actually unravel? Like, do I still win? Do I have a shot? Does it depend on what they exiled? Because, like, they... They did exile, I believe, a ponder and a brainstorm. I think on the on the two fourth of wills. So if they keep brainstorm fourth of will, like my true name nemesis may not resolve because I'm going to be tapped out there. Like I days isn't going to do anything if I even ha- had days. Do I need to wait an extra turn? Like the game is going to be a new game at this point, and that I think is still valuable in thinking about when you. Or looking at the decision path, because once again, your opponent made a decision. That's fine, but I don't know if it was the optimal decision, and I don't think they that it's the optimal decision, especially at the time. Uh, I think looking back at it, at least trying to have the discussion, hopefully with your opponent. If they're cool, my opponent was super cool, and we chatted about it for a couple of minutes. But that is also another thing that gets you in approving as a player, because you know I'm obviously playing some number of games, and like you mentioned before, like make is playing. 10 times as many games as I am, and I, I think that's probably an underestimate. But being able to run through this additional game is going to get me additional reps, even though I'm not actually touching any cards at that point. Like having that verbal discussion with somebody is, is still valuable, especially when you're talking about players who are playing at you know high levels, right? In, in stressful situations, I think that is something that people need to evaluate as well. All right, do you want to wrap up then?
1: Uh, yeah, it's past my bedtime, so.
0: Okay. I'm going to keep you up a little bit longer because I, I need to explain this mishap we had last week. I, I feel like this is the perfect time to do it. So, last week for this Pioneer event, I was trying to play, instead of Spirits, I was going to play uh, the red black graveyard deck. <laughs> it's playing like Croxa, it's playing Dreadhorde Arcanist, and it's Stitcher Supplier. It's got a really cool. Ways to abuse the graveyard. You get to play with Young Pyromancer. Seems like my up my alley. I'm very excited about this. So I call AU. Shout out to AU. And I ask, uh, hey, do you guys have Blightstep Pathway? Which is the red-black pathway land from Kaldheim. They say, uh, no, sorry, man. Don't have that. And I say, okay. Um, like, anything else we can get for you? And I say, okay, well, do you guys have Croxa? They say, "Oh, we have the expedition. Actually, it's foil. Um, if you want that, the secret layer foil. Okay, I'll take that. How, how much is it? Nine dollars. It's nine dollars. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. So, just for those interested, a secret layer Croxa foil is about sixty dollars. So this is like the deal of the century. I'm like, how many do you have?" I, I need three, so I ask and they say we have three. So I'll take all three then. They say nine times three is twenty seven. So the total is twenty seven dollars. Cool. Yeah, I'll give you my card and I' and I'll Mapson's gonna pick it up for me. Great. So I'm which I did not sorry. agree to. No, you did not no I, this I just kind of voluntold you for that, but I knew you were going there anyway, so it was not like it was like way out of your way or something. You weren't gonna be in the store that day.
1: I mean, was I going?
0: Yes, yes. But could I have not gone? No, potentially. It it there was a chance you may not have attended. That is true. Also, you know, in your defense, I can literally walk there. So. Yeah, it, it's not bad. So, and it's easier for you to drive, or you to drive there or walk there, than it is for me to drive there from from school and then go back home. Especially during that, that time of day, that's like an extra, like two hours for me. So, it, it would. Yeah, have, but if you drive there, then you can hang out with me. I still need to, like, go, like, tuck my daughter in for bed and stuff like that. So, probably unlikely to happen. I could have, though. I could have stopped by your house or something. But I guess you wouldn't, have, you'd still be at work, so. But anyways, so, I'm, like, doing this. And the whole day, I'm, like, having this, like, existential crisis. Because I don't want to be, like, the guy who's, like, getting somebody out of you fired because, like, they sold $180 worth of cards for 27 Like, I'm like, this is, it's wrong. But, like, they, they quoted me the price. Like, they they we are on the same page that this is a... These are Croxas, so like I don't understand. So, the actual discussion, which I figured out later once Matson filled me in and showed me the, the order, uh, was they, they gave me three secret layer foil light step pathways. So, somewhere in the conversation, when I transitioned to from the pathway to Croxa, the person at AU, shout out to AU, um, was I guess looking for them and saw the pathways finally and was like oh we do have those which is in response to my first query not in response to my second query i don't think they even heard that i was looking for croxes. that's the only thing that really makes sense to me um so but, yeah uh,
1: since the employee is not here to defend himself mm-hmm. i will say that i had not only the employee who was on the phone there was mm-hmm. also a second employee there who both said that the employee on the phone confirmed, so you want blight step pathways. And uh, supposedly you said yes. Again, I was not there. Uh, I have no stake in this, (laughs) but (laughs) supposedly they did confirm that that was what was being talked about. Granted, based off the timing and stuff, I have no clue (laughs) how the conversation went. It's very possible it was a misunderstanding. But I don't know,
0: it's two against one, well, well, almost like
1: one and
0: a half against one. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna call bull on that. I they definitely confirmed the order, the cost. They did not confirm the cards. Oh, it's so it's the more likely scenario. Is it more likely yeah, it, that it doesn't matter? Yeah, well, we we all agree you were wrong. The end. But is it is it more likely that I said something? pivoted and then they realized that the card I was looking for initially was there and they ignored my second inquiry. Or is it more likely that I said Croxa and then they said, no, we don't have that. But in fact, we do have Blake step pathway. And I, and then I missed that entire part of the conversation.
1: Uh, So I would imagine that's not how they worded it. In fact, they, that was not definitely not what the employees repeated to me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I will say it's very, very likely, uh, especially after talking to the AU people, that they did not hear the second part of your question. Mm-hmm. I, I fully don't think they did. No, um, that's what I think too. But I do believe that they repeated the name of the card and you did not hear that.
0: But why would they repeat <laughs> so the I, I just the card... I just
1: don't want you thinking that you are absolved of blame.
0: I think both parties did not hear something the other said. But why would they repeat the name of the card if there was only one card mentioned? They do that all the time. They've done that literally every time I've called them, and they've never done that for me before. So, yeah, I mean, I'm cool with it. Once again, like I, I, I don't feel bad because once again, someone else mentioned this too. Like, if they did sell me Croxes for nine dollars a piece, no one would have gotten fired, right? But I still don't want someone getting like in trouble in any way, uh, for something like that. So, I'm happy. And I, once again, I still do need those cards, right? Like, I'm going to play the red black deck at some point in the future. Um, one's just going to go into an EDH deck, like as soon as I get them from you, which I mean, based on our track record could be could be like years at this point, but um, so I'm I'm still happy with the with the purchase overall. And once again, actually nine dollars for the foil secret layers is not a bad price, so I, I'm I'm okay with it. It's just a, it was a funny story and once again it gave me a lot of a lot of stress, which obviously did not need to be stressful, so we're done talking about magic. We're done talking about magic cards let's talk about getting out of here uh, where can people find you uh, people can find me at expedition map uh, where can people find you uh, you can find me on Twitter at bad luck like bandit uh, if you're interested in finding the show you can find us at depth underscore podcast on Twitter if you're interested in finding any of our additional information uh, links to our YouTube um, or you're interested in uh, donating to our patreon or donating to our PayPal Um, all those things are in our link tree in the bio for our uh, dark depth podcast Twitter Um, so you can find all that information there speaking of patreon uh, we do have a couple patrons that we like to shout out at the end of the episodes uh, for their sweet continued um, support Uh, Jason Murray we've got Chris Medikevich we've got Patrick Owens and then we also have our other additional patron Uh, thank you guys so much for your support Uh, Thank you so much for continuing to be great and upstanding citizens in the magic community. I hope in the next set you find a card that has your face on it. And I hope that it makes you look super cool. Alright, that's all I got. I guess I'll see you next week. I'll see you next week. Alright, bye.